Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pater, a Penn State football show. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin, I'm Tom Hannafin. This show is brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Pater. Now, of course, we're big fans of Funk Citrus IPA and Silent Disco IPA, but don't forget, our official beer, the Paydirt IPA, is available in Funk's tasting rooms right now, and it will be in beer distributors and grocery stores by Friday, September 16th. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit FunkBrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Also, Paydirt is brought to you by our partners at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting to props and futures. Head to betonline.ag today or use your mobile device to join and place your first bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Paydirt is presented by BetOnline, where the game starts. Also, we invite you to head to shop.believe.com, that's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com, and search Paydirt for our two t-shirts. One has the official show logo over the heart. It comes in white, navy, blue, and black. And the other is a navy blue t-shirt. It has the pay dirt word mark over the heart. And on the back, circa the 2012 Penn State football season, it has Matt McGloin's name and number. It's very fitting as this season of Nittany Lion football marks the 10-year anniversary of that team. Again, head to shop.believe.com. That's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com and search pay dirt for our two t-shirts. And of course, we want to thank you for tuning in on ESPN Radio State College, as well as checking out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, which is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Tune in and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you think of the show at ESPN Radio 1037, at McGloin QB11, and at Tom Hannafin. Mr. McLoy, it's nice to have you back. It was great to have uh, former Penn State offensive tackle Mike Farrell sit in with us as you were busy last weekend covering Purdue versus Indiana State for the Big Ten Network. Um, how was your trip to West Lafayette, considering Penn State had just made a trip there and, and gotten yeah, open? Yeah, yeah, real quick on Purdue, because look, obviously, you know, I, I, I'm high on Purdue. I still think they're a very good football team. I still think they have the best chance to win the West. So I was excited to get back out um, you know, and be in that, you know, uh, Purdue atmosphere, Ross eight stadium. I hadn't been there, uh, since we won there, Tom in 2012. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's always been one of my favorite stadiums. And one of the more impressive things I think, you know, uh, I took away from Saturday at that game was that crowd and that atmosphere at Purdue, because when you lose a home opener, the way they did against a good team like Penn state, I mean, that place was rocking that Thursday night time. So you want to see how, how, how does that, 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 translate to the following week is the atmosphere the same is the environment the same that place was crowded man so those fans have really bought uh, bought into what Jeff Brom is trying to accomplish and they look good Purdue looked really good they're going to be a tough team 
to beat as the season goes on. You know, I think Penn State, uh, and I'm not, you know, it was obviously a massive win for Penn State, but, you know, Purdue's one of those teams, Tom, that gets better and better every week, middle of the season, end of season, they're going to be very difficult to beat. Yeah, um, it was nice to have uh, your former offensive tackle, um, Mike Farrell, join us for the recap of the Ohio victory uh, for Penn State. Um, just as a note for all our, our viewers and listeners is that through the season, uh, we will you will have a revolving cast of hosts and co-hosts, uh, former players as analysts, just because Matt and I have some conflicts every once in a while, me with Impact Wrestling, him with the Big Ten Network occasionally. So I'm really excited about it because we can give you guys some really different perspectives uh, like Mike Farrell provided as an offensive lineman. And that's a huge part of what people talk about when it comes to the Penn State football team. So now we have a chance to look ahead to this Auburn game this Saturday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern live on CBS. Penn State on the road at this SEC opponent that Penn State beat last year at Beaver Stadium. Before we really dive into what Penn State's got to do against Auburn, uh, we didn't get to hear from you in terms of what you thought about Penn State's win against the Ohio Bobcats. So how did you feel when you flipped on the tape? You and I were texting about this. <laughs> so, yeah, I have. Uh, and obviously through the Big Ten Network, I have the opportunity to watch the coach tape, Tom. So I get the sideline view. I also get the the behind view, you know, where you, where, where you can see the offensive line and, and the defensive line. And you get a really good, you know, view of what's going on up front, especially in the run game and things like that. And for me, you know, look, a win's a win. There were big moments. There were there were explosive plays, which Penn State certainly needed. But it, it was still sloppy at times. There, there's still a lot of room to get better um, on both sides of the football. You know, one of the things that I think Penn State has has been struggling with, um, and we've talked about a number of times on the show, but it's gotten better, right? There were some moments in that game that that were encouraging, especially the run game, but. The offensive line and the tight ends, they 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 have they have a difficult time of finding and blocking guys at the second level. They really do. So when you see a, a short motion or a tight end, you know, in, in a stacked position by the offensive line and he's cutting back, you know what I mean? And he's looking to block a guy, they have a difficult time finding linebackers and finding guys to block. I, I mean you know, and I know we've talked about it, and James has talked about it a lot because it's true in terms of pass catching route running ability. These tight ends deserve to be in the conversation of some of the better tight ends in America. But when it comes to blocking, they're some of the worst blocking tight ends in the Big Ten. And I'm just being honest. I'm just I'm just evaluating what I've seen on tape. That's all. Like they can't find blocking assignments. They they struggle to hold on to blocks. They struggle to get in position. Um Tight ends need to block. If you want to play tight end, you have to be able to block. And at Penn State, where you want to be able to run the football, and you have guys like Kevon Lee, Gatron Allen, Nick Singleton, you have to be able to block for those guys. And people talk a lot about Tom, you know, but well, running backs need to make guys miss. You know, they, they have to be. Yeah, I understand that. You need to be able to make guys miss an open field. But when you're not getting a hat on a hat at the line of scrimmage, it's hard for any running back to make a guy miss as soon as he gets the football and he's immediately you know, expected to make a cut at the line of scrimmage or make a guy miss right at the line of scrimmage. It's tough to do so. They need a whole block slitter. They need to get positions better. They need to find um, who they're blocking, especially at the linebacker level, and especially this week because Auburn's linebackers make a ton of plays for them. Very good linebacker core. Very good. Yeah, what, what bothered me, and I talked about it in the recap episode with Mike, is that 
first of all, Nick Singleton exploded and he had a great game. You almost expected it because it's Ohio Mm -hmm. U and nothing against them. It's a smaller conference opponent. You expected him to have a big day, uh, maybe not to the degree that he did, but he was fantastic. Um, There were a lot of plays that Nick broke, especially the touchdowns, where he had to break multiple tackles on the uh, on the perimeter. So that does point to what you're saying is that are you going to be able to block at the second level? Are you going to be able to help him get to the outside, potentially untouched? I expect Nick Singleton to beat a MAC defender. The question is, can you beat an SEC defender this Saturday? Can you beat Big Ten defenders regularly once Penn State gets back into the Big Ten schedule in October? That's the concerning part is, oh, okay, there were gaps for him to get some yardage, and Catron Allen did well, Kevon Lee uh, was getting in there sparingly. You can see how things are starting to separate with uh, Singleton getting the most carries, then Allen, and that, and then Kevon Lee. That changed mm-hmm. from the Purdue game. But that is a worry. And, and to your point about the tight ends, I'm curious what you think, is that hasn't it just been clearly communicated from the, throughout the James Franklin era that tight ends are more pass catchers? I mean, look at the number of guys that have gone to the NFL. And I'll, I'll protect a guy that we've had on the show, Pat Fryermuth. Pat Fryermuth, in recent memory, is a dude who can block and can go catch the football very, very well. You can't necessarily say that about some of his predecessors or guys that have come uh, since then underneath James Franklin is just the onus that, hey, we want you to be an athlete and a, and a receiver more than a blocker? I don't I don't think so, Tom, because for me, when I look at it, and if I'm a defensive coordinator or I'm a defensive positional coach and I'm game planning for you, and, and I know this tight end can't block, then I'm not even concerned about it. I, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, you know, Tom's Tom Hampton's playing tight end for us this week. We know Tom can't block, so they're not even going to put him in there. So I know, you know, 75% of the time when Tom's on the field, the chances of that is being a pass. So that's going to determine what I'm going to do as a defensive play caller because I know they don't trust you enough to block. So when you're in there, there's a better chance of being a pass, right? It's just, it's game plan, stuff like that. So like, again, if you want to, like, I, I'm, again, man, and I've said it before, I'm an old school type guy. I have that old school mindset when it comes to running offenses and things like that. If you want to play tight end, you have to be able to block. You have to be able to catch the football. And I know, I understand it's changing. I really do. But if you want to be that athlete type tight end, you want to get the ball, you want, you know, concepts your way, pass routes your way. You want to be a big part of the pass game for me. It's like, you got to block too, man. Right. We can't just put you out there and say, Hey, you know, split out wide. And go catch the football for us. You have to be able to block. You have to be able to contribute for our offense in the run game. And you mentioned Nick Singleton, Tom, and and with that run game, I mean, how about the way that this guy hits the hole, the speed, mm. the vision? It's impressive. And one yep. of the things now, I think Penn, they, they must listen to the podcast, Tom, because they're doing a lot of things we've talked about. Sneaking at the goal line, playing from under center. I knew you would but like listen. the QB. I was getting tweets about, oh, McGloin's losing his mind. Two this weeks QB in a row. Sneaks. Multiple QB sneaks. Yeah. Two weeks in a row. How do you think I got all my rushing touchdowns at Penn State? Listen, <laughs> yeah, but, but I'm sick of the QB draw. Stop with yeah, it. No, I, I, yeah. No, I had people Look, talking in the comment section. Well, Sean Clifford runs a four five or a four six forty. It's like tell mm-hmm. that to every Big Ten defender who's brought him down at the line of there, scrimmage over there, the last how many years. So if you're gonna run QB draw for me, 
it's one of those situations, Tom, where 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 you have the QB drawn in your back pocket, but it's also a called pass or something like that. Like go empty, something like that. You you start with a running back in the backfield. You go motion out to empty linebacker adjust things like that. And if you have a five man box, then maybe I'll check the QB draw somewhere down in the red zone or something like that. But for me, it has to be the perfect defense for me to be able to run that QB draw and pick up you know, eight, 10 yards or possibly a touchdown in the low red area. But I mentioned Nick Singleton and playing from under center. I think they now understand how explosive this guy is. And it's like, we need to get this guy going downhill, right? We need to be, we, we, we need to be able to push back, get him the football as deep as we possibly can, let him get the ball and then see, right? His vision is that good. And you, you, you were just talking about it, like the touchdown run. I mean, he just outruns everyone. Like again, yeah, run, run game he's better than everybody. Better than everybody on the field. Have been there to Saquon Barkley, and uh, I I don't want to continue to jump the gun because Saquon's one of the greatest college running backs ever, and and credit to Saquon who's having a resurgence. It appears this year with the New York Giants. I don't want to jump the gun too much, but he looks every bit as advertised, which is great. So if you can get him just a little bit of blocking, I've talked about it before in this show. Saquon Barkley didn't have stellar offensive lines in front of him. If you're able to be that otherworldly athlete, you can overcome that, and it looks like Nick Singleton might be able to do that. Yeah. So, and one more Let's, thing on the one more thing yeah, on the one game time, real quick, because I'm 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 curious to hear your thoughts on this. Moving forward now, starting Saturday, is Kevon Lee a big part of this offense? I, you know what, I really hope that he is. Um, me too, me too, and and it's. I said this in the recap episode, is that Kevon looks different this year. He looks like he's responded to the competition. Hey, we brought in a five-star running back. We brought in Nick Singleton and Katron Allen. Um, also credit to Devin Ford getting involved in the passing game. You have four legitimate running backs that you can trot out there and be confident that they're going to get some yardage, maybe not burst it for 70-yard touchdowns like Nick Singleton, but at the same time, you feel confident with just about everybody that's back there. Um, pass protection for certain guys is still a developing aspect of their game. I just love that all four can go out there and be pass mm -hmm. catchers. And you and I have talked about this, is that last year it was John Lovett or Bust in the passing game at, when it came to running backs. Kevon's getting in on the act, which yeah. I don't think anybody would have expected from a 235-pounder mm -hmm. last season. He's running north-south. He's been aggressive. He's obviously worked on his hands, and he's getting better receiving the football. You are going to see Singleton, Allen, Lee in terms of most touches. You're going to see that um, right. that ratio. It's going to drop, uh, of, of course, but I think Kevon Lee's so valuable, and especially when you have two thumpers like him and Allen. How do you keep him off the field? You know, and you're you're absolutely right. As we move forward, and look, it's obvious, Tom. It's obvious how talented those guys are. But that doesn't mean you just completely abandon Kevon Lee and, and, and his right. portion of the run game and what he can do for his office. But exactly. also, my thing too, it's an experience thing because for how talented uh, Singleton and Katron Allen are, they're still young players. There's going to come a point in time this season, it may be Saturday, it may be week five, week nine, week 10, where you're going to need to rely on the experience of Kevon Lee to, to, uh, to be able to get the job done for you in the run game. Yeah. So let's talk about what Penn State's going to have to do uh, this Saturday at Auburn. You and I were texting a little bit about this in the lead up to it. And, you know, I think uh, I'll, I'll admit that I fell into uh, the 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 feeling that, oh, this could be tricky going on the road to an SEC opponent. Um, granted, Penn State handled Auburn at home last year in a, a competitive game. Very 
different uh, atmosphere, I think, because you had Bo Nix as a starting quarterback. I think Bo Nix uh, was certainly better than the two quarterbacks than they have there now um, playing for the Auburn Tigers. But that running game for Auburn is still there, still extremely potent, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they are 14th in the country in rushing yards, 103rd in the country in passing yards. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have a feeling of what Auburn wants to do. Um, when you flipped on the tape of uh, this Auburn Tigers team, how did you feel? They're not going to throw the football. And it's not a game plan thing for them. They just can't. They can't do it. It's just not who they are as an offense. It's not who those quarterbacks are. I mean, you look at what, and if I'm game planning, if I'm on Auburn staff and I'm game planning for Penn State and I look at what happened in the Purdue game, Aiden O'Connell is one of the better quarterbacks in America mm-hmm. and had issues throwing on Penn State. Um, Auburn's quarterback, and I'm not, this isn't a knock on San Jose State because it's a very good football program they have over the years, but San Jose State's defense is not Penn State's defense, right? Let's be honest. Auburn couldn't. Auburn's quarterbacks couldn't throw against San Jose State last week, right? Yeah, so if I had to it, guess... It, it, it was it, tight, too. Like That was not a game that Auburn really pulled away uh, with until like, no. it, late in the game. It was 24-6 to six against yeah. San Jose State. Like, it, 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 was, uh, it, it was close, even in the late in that third quarter, Tom. Um, but if I had to guess, right, and I, I'm thinking it's going to be Robbie Ashford, Tank, Tank, uh, Tank Bigsby, and Hunter. It, it, it's going to be that running game, run option RPO, maybe some drop back in, try to keep Penn State honest, but that's going to be the show all night. All, all night, And I think it's going to be one of those games where it's like, all right, let's use a run game. Let's control the clock. Let's try to keep it close as we can throughout this whole entire game. And then let's try to win it at the end. Penn State should not lose this game at all time. I, I think it's a two-score game with Penn State winning. I really do. Um, and again, it, 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 Neither one of these quarterbacks for Auburn are, are, are going to have any success in the past game Saturday night. So if it's me and I'm looking at it, most importantly, Penn State's offense needs to score early on the road, right? Take the crowd out of it. That crowd's going to be loud. They're going to be excited that Penn State's coming to the town. Um, San Jose State had back-to-back penalties in the red zone that cost them six points. They should have got six points. They ended up with three. Penn State cannot do that. Cannot be communication issues. I'd be careful playing soft coverage on rundowns. And honestly, Tom, I play single high all game if I was Manny Diaz. One-on-one on the outside, I put eight guys in the box and say, if you want to try to beat us tonight, throw it. And if those quarterbacks throw it and they beat Penn State, well, then they deserve to win. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think we see as much too high this week compared to what we've seen through weeks one and two at Penn State. Right, You need to make Auburn live in that third and seven to 10 range all night. And if you do that, if you go this route and play this type of defense, Tom, Johnny Dixon needs to step up. Daquan Hardy needs to step up uh, in coverage. Keaton Ellis needs to be better in man coverage. Um, Wheatley, Jalen Reed, Brown, who's ever back at the safety position, cannot play at 15 yards. I need them around nine, even eight on Saturday for run support. And I feel pretty good about that because the secondary is the strength is Penn State defense. However... Against Purdue and Ohio, the Penn State defense uh, in regards to stopping the run didn't give up crazy numbers, but it wasn't dominant. How do you feel about them stopping the likes of Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter, who Penn State got a taste of last year, and those two are really good? Yeah, I mean, look, linebackers are certainly going to be tested as well. Jacobs, you know, Eldson, Catcher, who's ever in there. I know they played a bunch of guys last Saturday. I don't think that's the case. Um you know, this Saturday. But one of the things that 
Manny Diaz did on Saturday that I don't think you're you're going to see him do again this week, or I don't think he needs to do a ton of that this week, is the pressure, right? A lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. I don't think he needs to do that because last thing you want, Tom, is for somebody to take a wrong angle or for you to mess up a blitz, and next thing you know, there's a crease for Bigsby or Hunter, and they're gone. Because which we were just talking about Nick Singleton, both of those guys have that type of ability mm-hmm. and that capability to change the game in one play and take it the length of the field. Both of those guys can do that. That's how good they are. Um, you know, well, let, you, me, again, let me ask you something about Manny Diaz because it was something that was brought up by a lot of Penn State fans on social media was the concern over his play calling in the game against Ohio is that it was a lot of blitzes. It was a yeah. lot of exotic looks. And that's who Manny Diaz is. You, you're talking about maybe playing it a little bit more conservative, but do you expect Manny Diaz to just do what Manny Diaz does? <sighs> I, I, I mean, I think, look, at the end of the day, you are who you are as a play caller. That doesn't change. Um, but you have to be able week in and week out to change who you are within your own system. Right. He doesn't he, he doesn't need to bring the house. We, we, we every other play this week, even with Ohio, Tom, when you turn that film on, they're bringing pressure, pressure, pressure. There's guys open. Now that quarterback missed throws. He also completed passes versus man coverage and things like that. I'm just saying there's no need to be able to do that this Saturday because neither I, I don't think either one of these quarterbacks can throw it as well as the kid from Ohio threw it last week. Yeah, right? I, I like Curtis Rourke a lot, and uh, I don't think Finley or Ashford should scare anybody when they drop back to pass. But that's what I'm saying. Stop the run. Force these guys to beat you. And if if these quarterbacks beat you, then you deserve to lose a game. I I found it interesting that the second leading rusher for Auburn is Robbie Ashford, who's not even listed as the starting quarterback. He can run. He can run. uh, And TJ Finley is one of these big-bodied quarterbacks that he can fall forward and and get you some yardage and is athletic enough. But the the issue is with his accuracy. Um, I'll I'll give these guys – some credit and that 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 is so unpredictable it can make it very difficult for defenses and an issue that has been raised by Penn State fans regarding uh, the Nittany Lion defense has been tackling the first two weeks is that symptomatic of what you think we're going to see all season or is that just hey it's the first two weeks of the season you're just kind of getting into game shape you're getting used to live action and tackling humans on a regular basis I mean if you can't tackle this week you're you're, you're going to struggle you know, you have to be able to tackle both these guys. It's as simple as that, Tom. Um, but I think when you, again, when you play that post safety, um, you know, coverage, you're able to bring more guys towards the football. You're able to get more opportunities to slow guys down there, be able to to have guys rally to the football. Um, you know, I, I think that's the safe way to play um, this Auburn offense on Saturday. Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team has geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White tee is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball. Every fan is covered. Head over to their website, smackapparel.com, and use the promo code 
HeyDirt at checkout for 10% off. Again, that's smackapparel.com, promo code HeyDirt at checkout. Why wear boring when you can wear smack? Flat should describe your TV, not your TV sound. Experience your entertainment like never before with the new Sonos Ray. This compact and easy-to-use soundbar puts you at the center of shows, movies, games, and more with crisp highs and precisely balanced bass. Breeze through setup with help from the Sonos app. You can even use your own remote for control. And when the TV is off, stream music, radio, podcasts, and audiobooks from all your favorite services. Visit Sonos.com. That's S-O-N-O-S.com to learn more. There's going to be chances for takeaways. Um, TJ Finley alone has three interceptions and it's two games into mm-hmm. the season. Um, and that's something that head coach uh, Brian Harson has talked about. Uh, head coach of the Auburn Tigers, that is, has talked about is that uh, Auburn has lost the turnover battle four to nothing in their first two games. And they've played Mercer and San Jose State. And that is not encouraging. And one big thing Harson said is that we have to get takeaways. We have to um, create some turnovers on the defensive side of the ball. Um, when it comes to what Sean Clifford and company can accomplish against this Auburn defense, where do you think the gaps are going to be? Yeah, yeah. So, so real quick, um, you know, I, I think a lot's going to fall on what Penn State has to do offensively compared to what Auburn's going to do defensively. But with that being said, this O line may have some problems with those edge rushers, right? Those guys rush hard. Like Hall, Leota, those guys make plays for them. They're big, strong, physical guys, right? They'll bull rush at times. So, you know, I expect tight end chips. I expect running back chips. I expect tight ends to stay in in protection. Um, I expect running backs to stay in for uh, for protection as well. You know, uh, there's going to be opportunities for Penn State. You know, Sean Clifford needs to understand when, when you know, uh, I need to lead a wide receiver or back shoulder, right? San Jose State completed a lot of back shoulder passes in that game on Saturday. These cornerbacks get lost at times, and they've struggled finding the football, right? Don't put yourself in a position where you're trying to be perfect with the ball or you're trying to overthrow guys downfield, right? If a defender's back is to you or, or you know, the back of his head is to you, right? 50-50 ball, right? Drive it. Give your, give your wide receiver an opportunity to go up and get it, an opportunity for a back shoulder pass, or Tom, flag, penalty. Right, because these cornerbacks struggle. They're turned around. They can't find the football. Um, you know, one of the things that I liked that they did on Saturday was that they found Parker Washington early in the game. Mm-hmm. Tinsley got involved early in the game. Right, they found Warren on that fourth down early in the game. Different receivers yeah. caught passes. Yeah. And you that, probably won't see that type of depth again. It was against Ohio, so you're getting some of the younger players out there. But still, 17 is fantastic. Yeah, that and, and that's what I'd like to see, right? Make it a point to get the ball in the hands of your playmakers early on in this football game. They're going to have to do that um, again. Like, And that's it sends a message that, all right, their game plan, they're going to spread the football around, get everybody involved early, get everybody going. But it's a comfort thing as well, especially on the road, Tom. Right? Let a wide receiver get, get a catch, whether it's that wide receiver screen that they went to. Um, with Tinsley, I'm not a huge fan of the wide receiver screen. I think it has to be built in for it to work successfully. I don't want to see him continue to go that, but it's fine to be able to do that early. Um, you know, he, he, there was a few throws that Sean got away with on Saturday that I think get picked off this week. He just needs to dial it in, be a little more efficient, be a little more careful with his ball placement. What do you think that is? So is that the pressure? And it's not necessarily that Ohio was you know, uh, the otherworldly athletes to the point that they were getting to Sean consistently, but they were getting pressure. There were a handful of sacks given up. So that's, that's not really encouraging. Yeah. They're, you know, look, I mean, uh, 
right tackle struggled to block in the past game on Saturday, right? I think After. that's, uh, yeah, I think that stood out. Um, you know, one of the things that I looked uh, at was, and I'm not sure who's to blame here. I know who I'm going to blame it on. Um, and I'll give you an example there. They ran slant and go in the second quarter. Penn State had seven man pro Ohio brought six and there was still a free runner. I bring that up because I guarantee you Auburn brings that pressure Saturday night time. Right. And, a lot of and has a lot more success because yeah. the stunt was absolutely working. Yep. And 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 it was a you know, and a lot of times when you have problems in week two, they carry over to week three. Um I think I blame that on Phil Troutwine. We say excuse me, that wasn't the pressure. The pressure that I'm blaming on Phil Troutwine was they brought cross dog twice. Now that I'm remembering correctly, excuse me. They brought cross dog twice, Tom, which is both linebackers just cross on the inside um, as a blitz. That's it. It's a six-man pressure. Um, both times that was protected wrong. The right tackle was wrong both times, and it was a different tackle both times they brought it. So, again, I'm not sure who to blame. I know who I'm going to blame. I'm going to blame Phil, Phil Trotwine on that for not communicating well enough and for you know possibly not having his, his right side understand that. Um, and that was the t- one of them was a touchdown that Allard threw, which is a great play by Allard to make the to make the free rusher miss, right? Stay within himself, stay within the play, and deliver the football downfield. But that can't happen on Saturday, right? Because Auburn's going to take full advantage of that. It's something uh, you, you mentioned, Drew Aller, because um, yeah, obviously we didn't have you on the recap episode. But uh, in terms of what you saw from Drew Aller against Ohio, how'd you feel? <laughs> so, look, they put him in. It was twenty six seven, right? Not out of reach. Let's be honest. 11 and a half minutes to play in the second quarter. I was very happy to see him get in at that point. Absolutely. And, you know, it's saying something, right? It's saying, look, Sean's still our guy, right? But this dude's right here. And we think this guy can play and we think we can win with this guy one day. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they wanted to make it a point to get him out there and get him out there early in that game. Yeah, just a three score, just a three score lead. Let me correct myself. Granted, and it's Ohio. I want to continue to put that caveat out there, but still, here, there are some quarterback, some coaches who would be like, "This needs to be four scores for me to put in a backup." You know? Oh yeah, I didn't, I did not expect him to go into the game that early, but like, it, when I see something like that, Tom, like the like, I think now, and I understand Penn State's two and zero, and I understand Sean was off off as a player the week after week one. You know. Uh, he did some good things again on Saturday. They're two and zero, but it's one of those things where you're if you're in a game and it's a and it's a big game and it's like you're struggling offensively. You're not able to put points on the board. You're not throwing it well. Maybe there's a turnover or two. You just can't get anything going. Can't get anything going. I, I could see them being like, "All right, we're going with Alar." I can see something like that happening, Tom. Um, now we've seen, I'm not going to say, I'm not saying it's going to be Saturday or not, but I, I wouldn't be surprised now if that happens at some point in time. Like we've seen enough from this dude now to know that like he can play, right? And I, I don't hype him up prior to the season because he didn't do anything yet, right? He still hasn't done anything, but it's there. Everything you need is there. And in those moments, Tom, what you look for are, are the lights too bright? Can you process the information? Can you run, operate and execute the offense? And he could do that because we knew the talents there, but it's everything else that comes with playing that, that stuff that takes time, um, you know, to develop, but he's got a lot of it right now. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see 
you know, how, how this plays out moving forward, right? It's not a quarterback competition. I said it before the season started. It's Sean's show until Absolutely. it isn't anymore or until they decide it isn't anymore. But I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point in time they're struggling, struggling, struggling. It's a, it's a tight game. And they're like, all right, we're going with Alar. I, I very much expect to see uh, the script that occurred in the Purdue game. Is it Sean Clifford's your starter, of course. Sean Clifford is injury prone. So for Drew Aller to get in there the way he did against Purdue and then Sean came back in, I fully expect if that situation happens again, you're going to see the exact same game plan. Um, I did the Blue White Illustrated live postgame show uh, after Penn State beat Ohio. I was talking to Thomas Frank Carr. And this is an idea that I know will never occur in the real world just because it's how coaches approach these games as your starters start, and that's kind of the end of it. I'm looking a little bit down the track, not to get away from the Auburn game, and I, I do think, you know, having looked at the tape of Auburn, I do feel better about Penn State winning this game. I think the only factor is that it's on the road, right? Um, next week, you host Central Michigan, who's struggling, not nearly as good as the Ohio Bobcats. Someone tell me the value of Sean Clifford playing in that football game at all. No, I'm, I'm dead serious. And, and no, something Thomas you. Frank yeah. Carr said, and I, I, I respect his opinion on it, and that he's like, oh, yeah, well, James Franklin is going to start him, period, and mm -hmm. I understand that. And then uh, th there was something that was said into the effect of, oh, well, you know, you owe it to Sean to get him as much tape because he still has NFL aspirations against Central Michigan. What you, you play in the National Football League. You tell me what evaluator at the NFL level is going to look at Sean Clifford's tape against Central Michigan and be like, oh, now we're going to take him. It's w What is the downside to starting Drew Aller for that game and making sure Sean doesn't get hurt in a meaningless game? It's for me, it's a it's it sends a message. I mean, I'm not even talking about the NFL right there like that. But if you don't start Sean Clifford in that game, it sends a message to the rest of your team that, you know, we think this guy could be something special. We're planning for the future. Um, and if it's me. And I've been your starting quarterback for a few years now, and I've been your starting quarterback throughout three weeks of the season. And we get to week four, and you say to me, "Hey, Matt, uh, hey, we're thinking about starting Drew Aller." I say, "That's not happening. I'm your starting quarterback. I'm starting that game on Saturday," and that's the end of it. Because you know, like I'm, I've never, and I've been a part of a two quarterback system, Tom, and they don't work because some some guys on the team look to one guy, some mm -hmm. guys on the team look to another guy. One guy says one thing, the other guy says other thing. So now the offense is listening to two different people and they're not getting one answer. They're not getting the same answer every single day. Some guys play different than other guys. You need to have one leader. You need to have one guy to look to and say, he's our guy. We're rolling with him week in and week out. We're going to win with this guy. We're going to lose with this guy. We're going to battle with this guy. We're going to compete with this guy, right? We're going to go to war every single Saturday with this guy. It sends a bad message to your football team if you don't start Sean. I mean, look, I, again, we're just assuming Sean's going to continue to be the starting quarterback, right? Yeah, of course. I know I know this but is not going to happen. I just look at it and now, say, why not get Aller the start and give now, him some experience against a bad opponent? Now, again, Central Mission is struggling, like you mentioned. If it's 26 to 7 again, all right, great job, Sean. And I'm in there. Let's get, let's, get Drew, let's get Drew in there. Let's continue to let him, you know, progress as a player, progress as a quarterback, just in case we need to make that move. Um, you know, towards the end of, end of the season or, or, you know, we just want to, you know, make sure he's getting all the reps that he can get the experience that he can get because, you know, moving forward one day, he's going to be our starting quarterback. 
Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard butters, plus hair gels and pomades. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com and use our promo code paydirt 15 paydirt 15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting a better you. Like I said, not realistic, but that's just kind of how I, I look at it as a fan is that you have the future and we might as well get them ready at this point. I want to make sure Clifford and Aller are healthy. Uh, you know that Clifford is probably going to sustain an injury some point throughout the season. So you don't want to get Aller hurt either. So he looks like a, a very viable backup and and credit to Christian Bayer who came in uh, mm-hmm. against Ohio and looks like what we expected him to look like based on what he did last year against Rutgers. So um, that's encouraging. Um, ultimately going into this Auburn game, Penn State's not getting a lot of respect uh, from the national media. Uh, the line is minus three for Penn State, which is surprising. And Penn State just got ranked uh, at 22 in the country for the first time this year. Uh, why do you think there's this disrespect, uh, especially for this game, considering what we just talked about with what the Auburn Tigers are capable of? I think people still point to the run game as it not being where it should be. I think they still point to the old line as uh – Again, it not being where it needs to be or where it should be for for a Big Ten contender. Um, with that being said, I, I don't think Penn State has any problem taking care of Auburn on the road. And I, I'd be more concerned, Tom, if Penn State played at home weeks one and week two. But they went into a pretty rough environment week one at Purdue. Right, That place was rocking on Thursday night. Um, you know, tens and tens of thousands of people in there and what was a tight game. So it was loud throughout the entire course of that game. Um, they've operated well. They communicated well in that game. There weren't a lot of, you know, miscommunications or mental errors or false starts or things like that. It seemed like it was a pretty smooth operation throughout the course of that game. I expect it to be the same thing on Saturday. So I don't really expect the crowd, crowd noise or anything like that um, to be an issue. I really don't. Um. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't see Penn State having a problem with this team from quarters one through four. Over under is forty seven and a half. What do you think? I I I, I can't see Auburn scoring a ton of points in this game. I really can't. Um. I think first off, again, I think Penn State's secondary is too good. Um, I think Auburn is struggling at the quarterback position. Um, I don't think you can score a ton of points just relying on those running backs play after play, drive after drive, knowing what Penn State has in the defensive line position and in that secondary. Um, I can see Penn State scoring 28 to 30 points, which I think will be enough on Saturday, Tom. Um, I just look back at that San Jose State team uh, that San Jose State team, that San Jose State game, there were a lot of missed opportunities for San Jose State. They put drives together. They just couldn't finish drives. I think Penn State's able to finish drive Saturday. This is a really critical game for Penn State. If you go on the road and you win at Auburn at an SEC opponent, it's going to look good on your resume. As I mentioned, next week you face Central Michigan. And I'll correct myself. Not a meaningless game. It is a regular season game. It's not preseason. But you better thump Central Michigan. 
Then you get back into the meat of the Big Ten schedule. You host Northwestern. Northwestern's off to a challenging start, but at the same time, you can never count out this Northwestern football team. So you, you got to see how that goes. However, five and zero going into the bye week is plausible. What do you think? Absolutely, but this is this is the one you got to get right here. Um, if you get this one. Five and zero becomes very realistic, and you're right about Northwestern. Um, and any chance I get to talk about Northwestern, um, I, I enjoy because I think it's a fantastic program. It's been a well-run program for years and years and years now, and it was always one of the more difficult games to play because you really needed to dial in on what you were doing, Tom, in terms of just making sure everything was perfect in a way because they're not going to make a mistake, especially defensively. Right, they're always going to be in the right position. They play that bend but don't break, and in a lot of ways, it was like going up against a Penn State defense in practice. Mm-hmm. Right, you, you you had to you know you had to throw a timing, you had to make good decisions with the football, you had to be accurate. Right, you couldn't leave any room for error because they were going to capitalize on it, and that's what Northwestern does. Yeah. So a lot still has to happen, uh, but first, Penn State's got to take care of business. So uh, Penn State goes on the road this Saturday live at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on CBS. It's Penn State versus the Auburn Tigers. Uh, We hope we will see you this Saturday for our recap episode. We'll get that out as quickly as possible. So thank you all very much. Enjoy the game on Saturday. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back on ESPN Radio State College on Mondays and Fridays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern for the remainder of the Penn State football season. If you want to check out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, this episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at ESPN Radio 1037 at QB 11 and at Tom Hannafin. Pater is presented by Bet Online and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Pater. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.